Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey guys, welcome back. Another episode of Yolitics here. I'm Jason Whiteley, joined by my colleague Jay Wheeler on his Zoom. His assistant hasn't changed his Zoom name yet, so we need Gosh. to uh, get that done. I got to get better people. So we're, we're doing a podcast today about something not as political, but politics is super involved in it. But I guarantee you, you've been talking about this lately. Before we dive into it, though, let's go into Wheeler's refrigerator and see what he's drinking today. Okay, I'm drinking, and, and I'm going to have to bring in maybe our uh, producer here, uh, Taylor Lumsden, who is a better Spanish speaker than I am. Because I've held off on drinking this for a little while. It's been sitting in the fridge, and the reason is is because I don't know that this is... Uh, I don't know that I can say that. I don't know if this is, you know, it's El Chingon, okay, which I thought was a bad word. See, now Taylor's laughing. I thought that was a bad word, but then I looked it up after it had been sitting in the fridge for a while, and it says that it means like great or best or whatever, but I thought that it meant something bad. So Somebody's laughing not? at you right now. But you know, we, Taylor. It's, 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 it's Mexican it slang. It's, it's kind of like... Uh, 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 I'm a, a bad A. I'm, okay. I'm awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very apropos drink there, Wheeler. Yes. It is because, you know, we're talking about a, an awesome real estate market. So, yeah, well, since since this is a uh, before I go to my, my uh, you know, beverage selection here, let, let's talk about a recent podcast we had. And you're just like letting the Spanish roll off your tongue, Wheeler. Remember this guy? Remember, Taylor, do you remember this? It was something, yes. and Wheeler just like drops this like beautiful Spanish it. accent. I'm like, it was. I remember the word. I remember the it? word, and the word comes from the fact that I my first uh, market in television was El Paso, so I learned to say things correctly. Uh, the people who are bringing people from other countries oh, across yes. the southern border are not coyotes, and they're not coyotes. They're called coyotes. Coyotes. <laughs> and what kind of beer are you drinking? And I'm drinking an El Chingon. Orale. From Four Corners Brewery. Well, I am having a, um, a a dad gum IPA. <laughs> I like it. So this is, a, this is a family friendly <laughs> podcast. If you're driving around with your children in the car, I'm not having the chingon here. I'm having something that uh, <laughs> I used to say growing up in Tennessee. Dad gum. Dad gum. I can totally hear that too. I don't do a lot of IPAs. So uh, this is from uh, Rar and Sons over in uh, the People's Republic of Fort Worth. So yes. Um, yeah, they always make a great, great beer. I haven't had this one yet. Have you had this? You're an IPA guy. I have not had that. Uh, and so uh, let us know what you think of it uh, as I, I have my El Chingon. I like just saying it over and over again. Um, and wow. I'm glad to know it's not, a bad, it's not a bad word. You know, if some people use it as slang, that's then that's on them. I'm using the, the proper whatever it is. 
so so let's talk about real estate because this is affecting everybody. This is certainly affecting you if you're trying to buy right now and you're banging your head against a wall. It's affecting you if you're selling because you've gotten a really big head these days because everybody wants the home that you're in, chances are. And it affects you even if you are not in the market whatsoever because all of our property values are changing because of this. And even if you don't own a home, rent is affected by all of this too because the whole market is just, I mean, it's just growing by leaps and bounds. It's nuts right now. And if you want to buy a house in the future, six months, a year, two years, five years, if you want to get into a house, the the price point is going up. Just the entry level threshold is going up. I, you know, we, we've heard things like bubble, you know, is the B word a bad word to say right now? I don't know, but it, this can't be sustained forever. So we have a couple of uh, guests who know the Texas real estate market like the back of their hand. And uh, we, we're, you know, diving into their brains as well to try to dig into some of this. So our first guest is Todd Tremonti. And Todd is a real estate agent here in Texas. He's lived, he's from Houston, but he lives in DFW now. You can hear him on WBAP 820 AM every Saturday for Texas Real Estate with Todd Tremonti. And he joined us from the radio station itself. Uh, take me out there on any given day right now, Todd. What is it like? I mean, we hear these horror stories of showing up to see a house and encountering so many other competitors while you're there looking at it. Yeah, we we, we put a video on our YouTube channel the other day and talked a little bit about it on our radio show about how there are literal fights on sidewalks in DFW right now, right? So this is this sounds like New York, but it's Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And I'm not making this up. Uh, we have women swinging umbrellas at other women on what? sidewalk because they literally are. It's like children at school. They're fighting over who was in line first to get in to see homes. We have we've had 80 plus offers on homes. We have had 100 plus showings on homes. I will say, you know, I'm trying not to break my arm patting our own back here, but we've got a pretty developed marketing system. So that's not necessarily normal, but it is normal that we're seeing more showings than normal and more offers than normal. And people are literally verbally and often physically arguing, pushing and shoving to get into houses. That is a true story. Todd, from your vantage point, what is driving this and and how long does it last, man? Do you want the radio answer, the podcast answer or the full answer? I want the podcast answer, normally sitting down having a beer somewhere at a pub. All right. So the the shortest version I can give you is that we're out of houses and people still want them. And if anyone went to like an eighth grade economics class, we know it really the foundational reason is this simple. And I'll explain as many details as you guys want, because there's a lot of angles. But the foundational reason is very, very low supply, not enough houses, very high demand. Lots of people want those houses and there's not enough for them to have. The one extra factor I'll throw on right now is that borrowing money right now is borderline free. Interest rates are so low. When you throw all those factors in, you get skyrocketing prices for real reasons, not fake reasons, for real reasons. And that just creates a frenzy and urgency. Uh, Jason, the last time you interviewed me, I said the market was crazy, berserko hot. And every time I'm on WBAP, they use that as my intro to make fun of me. 
but I, it doesn't bother me. It's still true. It is still true. But, but how long does it last, man? This can't go on forever in Texas. We have plenty of land here. At some point, the inventory is going to catch up, isn't it? Okay, let me answer your question with a question because everyone hates that. So here we go. Is it true that people still want to move here? Yes. Yes. yes, right. Yes. Is it true that not only individuals but corporations are yeah. moving? Right. Is it true that they're providing jobs, yeah. mostly good quality, high paying jobs? Is it true that builders are still not building as fast as we're buying? All those answers are yes. And so the when you say it can't last forever, logically it's true that it can't last forever. But the reality is we cannot see the end in sight. Economically, real estate wise, mathematically logically all like legitimately speaking there is no reliable economic factor right now that would say the end is in sight now the end will come someday but there is no so Todd, what am i supposed to do if i'm a buyer right now and yes those interest rates are ridiculously low and i have increased and increased and increased how much i'm willing to spend for a house i've put myself right there on the very edge of what i think i can afford i'm still losing out in these bidding wars i'm looking at house after house after house i'm going crazy i'm pulling my hair out at this point do i need to just pull back and sit on the sidelines and re-sign my lease to keep renting? You're shaking your head definitively no no on that. No, for the audio, I'm shaking my head to the point of a neck brace here. Here's here's the deal. Um, If you cannot afford a home that you would be proud to own, unfortunately, uh, you're in a rough spot where maybe you do need to re-sign the lease and sit out. But while you sit out, the price goes up. There is no financial benefit to sitting out. Now, if you're not ready and you can't reasonably, respectfully, responsibly afford it, then you should not over, you shouldn't do that. That's just Mm -hmm. not wise. That's not wise stewardship, whether you're thinking biblically, logically, or just financially, that's not wise. But if you can afford it, but you're just ticked off about it, the strategy right now, whether we like it or not, and there's some other creative strategies, but overall pay the piper because the price goes up tomorrow. Now here's one little side benefit. If you get a contract, get a house under contract today, you probably have 20 to 30, 20 to 40 days of house appreciation before you close on it. So by the time you close on it, the value has caught up and gone beyond oftentimes what you thought you were And you're seeing that, and you're seeing that on a regular basis in real time. In 30 days? I'm seeing that on a daily basis. Do you wanna hear something legitimately absurd? Yes. I know the, you do. This podcast, I am nodding my head up and down absurd, definitively but, as well. But yes. <laughs> I know you do because this is Yolitics. In the last 12 months, actually, I could go so short as in the last 10 months, DFW real estate across the board, meaning the entire multiple listing system, the entire realtor database, house values are up over, over 24%. Wow. 24. Wow. Over 24%. That's 2% per month. If Actually, I did that on 10 months. That's what, uh, 2.4% per month. So in that 30-day waiting period, if it, you know, on the average, which right. no one property equals the average, but you're looking at a 2 to 3% home value appreciation. That is bananas, or Whitley, as you might say, crazy berserk on. Just before you close, that, that, that's nuts. Um, here's here's one problem I read the other day, and uh, Wheeler's a little younger than I yeah. am. Um, Just by a bit. He, he, he looks he looks it as well, though. But, you know, Wheeler's not quite a millennial, even though he <laughs> wishes he was a millennial. I act like one. But 
He does act like one. I'll, I'll give him that. He, he, there are very few people could could uh, outshine him on that. But there are there's there's a new wave, a new generation trying to get into the housing market, and millennials are are priced out of this. Can they ever well, get in? I will be careful enough to stay out of the millennial waters, but we will say this. The the entry point of the housing market right now is that you can look at this two ways. The traditional way of looking at it, the entry point is gone. It's just not there anymore. Mm. Um, the other way of looking at it is the entry point just costs more now, right? So a lot of us bought homes six to 10 years ago, right? So we're kind of a cycle out of this and it just sounds completely and utterly insane to us because the last cycle, that entry level was for most of Dallas Fort Worth was low to mid 200s. I mean, you could get into a house you'd be proud to live in for 225, yeah. and now that's 325, right? So one way of saying it is the 225 entry level market for the most part is gone in the anywhere near, you know, inner circle Dallas Fort Worth. Right. The other way to look at it is the entry point is still there. The price has just gone up and it's gone up because of what we said before. Supply is low, demand is high, prices go up. Those are logical economic reasons, though. The one thing I want to caution people from is to think that this is all this crazy momentous fad and it's going to go away. There is no logical, reasonable, intellectual reason that this will go away. Mm. If you want to say, well, booms and busts come, then I will volley right back at you and say the last bus that came, DFW home values did not go down across the board. Yeah, I remember that. Virtually, generally speaking, the averages, our market just hit a pause from 08 to the middle of 2009. And then we got right back on the bus, gradually started growing. And then we saw a spike and we've been rapidly growing. But DFW wow. is one of the most stable markets relative to the rest of the country and the world. We're still as far as opportunity, entertainment, lifestyle, we're still a relatively low cost area. So I, I say this so loud and so crazy and so energetically because people need to know the truth. An agent who's part-time or a newspaper writer who's saying, oh my gosh, sit this one out, that's hurtful, that is mm -hmm. harmful. There is no benefit to sitting this out unless you legitimately aren't ready, can't afford it, or your family, you know, it, it's just, it's not the uh, right time. But mathematically, it's, it would be crazy to watch this go by and pay more. You know, money. Todd, we have uh, mm. listeners uh, across the state here in Texas, and it's much the same scene. You know, if you go to Houston, certainly if you go to Austin, I mean, that's just it's nuts right now. Uh, San Antonio, even El Paso. Um, what are people to do if they're trying to look for that entry point range like you were talking about? I remember I did a story a few years ago about, you know, that being the hottest segment. If you could find something that's under three hundred thousand dollars. In a lot of these urban areas, it's almost like that that's the frenzy right there. If you can find something that's 300,000 or so in that range, it's there's a frenzy for those properties. Yeah, well, man, there's so many things I can say there. In addition to our brokerage company, Tatramani Home Selling Team, I've, I've got a consulting company where we coach and train agents all over the United States, all over North America, US and Canada. And so we have clients in Houston, Austin, all the El Paso, these places you're talking about. And I can tell you, yes, across the board, if you took kind of the general principles of what I just said, they're true any place in the entire state of Texas. I'm originally from Houston. I went to school in Waco. We know these markets well, and I have clients that Austin is as frenzied as anywhere. Dallas is more frenzied in certain price ranges, but across the board, Austin is bananas. 
Waco, believe it or not, is, is even beyond the Chip and JoJo yeah. factor is just completely nuts right now. Houston experienced a little weird slowdown with some oil and gas frustrations, but they've overcome it and they're into the full crazy, especially in some of those high demand areas like Katy and the Woodlands and things like that. I've got buddies in El Paso whose hair is borderline on fire, um, but it's true across the country. I've got a client in Williston, North Dakota. You want to talk about an art weird area, Williston, North Dakota, oil patch area of the middle of nowhere, North Dakota should be a buyer's market because oil oil field stuff kind of hit the tank, you know, a year and a half ago and hasn't really recovered much. They're beginning to see this craziness of people lining up outside houses. So it is almost, I say almost, cause I'm sure someone can think of a place where I would be wrong, but other than that one place, almost across the board. But to get to the point of your question, that entry level guy that's looking at that 300, yeah, they're going farther out. And that trend has been utterly exacerbated by COVID, by remote working, mm-hmm. by businesses finding that not only is it health-wise a wise and safe choice, but the bottom line is benefiting to let people work at home, let them sell their house in Uptown, move out to the edge of the county, move out you know, to a two-acre, three-acre, four-acre, five-acre property. We specialize in homes on land and we're seeing that explode. But yeah, we're seeing tons of people do that. And their 500K house in town they can get more house, more land, more privacy, gym at home. They don't have to have a storage facility anymore because they have a third garage bay at home. Now the 500K home, they get more house for 350, mm. 30 miles away, and they're happier. Now we'll see if they're happier mm-hmm. five years from now. Right. But 12 months into it, they're loving every bit of it, and we're selling them a bunch of those properties. So the Ta- problem is we're running out of those too. Well, Todd, let's talk about the rest of us. I, I'm not I, selling my house. My neighbor is is, is selling uh, uh, his house and obviously selling it at what I think is an exorbitant price. Yep. And now I'm going to face the consequences of yep. that with my Here property taxes going up wow. since the county will see how much that house sold for. Yep. So what happens to, to the rest of us? I, this is going to hurt me in the end. I'm going to pay more. Yes, you are. I do not have a magic wand that can fix that for you or me. Uh, The reality is that we live in a state that has fantastic, amazing, incredible benefits in a lot of ways. Uh, Property taxes is one of the very few areas that other parts of the country point their finger at us and laugh. We always joke because their laughter means they don't understand the whole picture. But we, you know, we pound our chest about no state income tax. We pound our chest about it fantastically attractive business environment and we benefit from all of that in lots of ways but at the moment there is no running from these property taxes right Mm. when your neighbor sells a home that he bought for 300 for 650 four years later your property valuation based on the county assessor is going up the only saving grace is the annual cap on that right so you're never going to have to pay more than 10 percent more than the previous year. You know, just about all of our governors like to kind of bang the drum and act like they're gonna change that. I'll whisper so no one gets too angry, but they're never gonna change it. (laughs) When was the last time your government gave you any money back without taking it again from some other bucket, right? Um, And I, I, I like Texas more than any other state. I always will, I always have, but the reality is they're not giving that money back, boys. They're not going to lower those rates. And if they do, they're going to raise something else. And I wish, I wish I believed otherwise. 
Yeah, but you're right. It's baked into the cake, and the local entities are just as you know responsible for that as the state is. And you know, everybody likes to talk about how you know we're we're not increasing taxes, we're not increasing the rate. You don't need to increase right. taxes. Right. You don't need to increase the rate because the market has done it for you. I'm going to pay 10 percent more, and you're going to call that break even that you didn't raise my taxes. Yeah. And, you, and did you guys ever notice that when property values do slide and slip a little bit, they're not quite as quick to mm-hmm. pay attention to those mm-hmm. changes, right? right. Um, but that, you know, I don't think there's any. So that's that going to be an ongoing on frustration for a lot of people as we go forward here. And uh, especially, you know, this might be, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to come as a shock to people who have moved here, who are buying houses here, but they're going to get that first property tax bill and then it gets real. Well, and it's 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 hardest on the on the on the ends of the spectrum, right? You're a brand new home buyer, and your senior citizen who's been living in a place, they've got a tax exemption, but it still can't fight against this crazy wave. So people are getting taxed out of their homes, and it stinks. There's just nothing else to say about it other than it stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a boom in certain niche market segments. One of them is senior housing, and some of that has to do with the fact that seniors are no longer able to afford their single-family detached independent homes even if they're able to, from a health perspective or a financial perspective, otherwise be able to afford mm-hmm. to live there, the taxes are starting to And these are people, people who now, paid now, off the mortgage. Exactly, free and clear homes, right. but the price still goes up. And that's where in Texas, whether we like it or not, a home is never truly free mm-hmm. and clear because uh, those taxes never go away. L- let me throw something out. If uh, Just because you guys are a political show, I think you might like this. If not, we can move on, no big deal. But one of the things I find ironic, and I have to sort of slowly and carefully and respectfully explain to a lot of our clients, is many of them, you know, raise hell, get super angry about these property taxes, but they vote for every single one of these bond proposals, right? It always sounds good for your school district to have a new natatorium. It always sounds good for more neighborhood branding on the signage, but somehow we're not doing the math that that's increasing the cost of it never sounds like much when it's a fraction of a penny per thousand but at the end of the day all of this is raising our what i would call mandatory cost of living i'm not in control of that piece and so at the end of the day when i'm 72 healthy and able to afford what i committed to 25 years ago i can no longer afford that uh, and I'm not, I'm not blaming any individual. I'm just saying, you know, on, on some level, when we have control, we need to pay attention to what that might do to us mm-hmm. down the road. It's a good point. All right, cool. Uh, Todd Tremonti, uh, his, you guys can hear him in DFW on WBAP, uh, 8.20 a.m. every Saturday at 3, Texas Real Estate with Todd Tremonti. Man, that was fantastic. I appreciate your time. Very enlightening. All right, so that is the view on the ground there. And uh, man, fights on the sidewalk with umbrellas, Jason. What is going on, dude? I mean, seriously? I thought I had some contentious uh, times looking for homes. That um, pales in comparison. I've never hit anybody with an umbrella while looking for a home. It, it, you know, what? you mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast, but the fact that I'm not in the market, I'm not, I'm not looking to buy or sell. I just want to ride this thing out and I, I'm still going to get hit hard on this with property taxes. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't own a home right now, even if you just got to Texas and, and, Texas and you're, you're renting an apartment, you're going to pay more for the, uh, for the lease. Yeah. Or if you're renting a home, same thing. It, it's going to hit everybody. 
Yeah, so we want to broaden out here because Todd just, I, I think he just painted the best picture of what stuff looks like on the ground at the granular level where you're actually seeing that, you know, the fights on the sidewalks, uh, as it were. Uh, now we're going to kind of pull out to that 10,000 or 30,000 foot level here uh, and look at the things as a whole and how they stand. And we knew the perfect person to pull in for this. Uh, she works with an outfit called Go Management, uh, which oversees a lot of Keller Williams uh, offices. And uh, she's a real estate broker uh, who works with 3,000 real estate agents. Uh, I mean, that's how many she is is over there. And so she has a really good view of how things are going. Her name is Anne LaCusta. And uh, she's hard to get because uh, she's very in demand. I mean, she's a little busy with 3,000 uh, realtors to deal with there. Uh, but we were able to get her on the line here. So, Anne, thank you for being with us today. The, the healthy market is about six months worth of housing for sale. In Dallas, we had less than a month. In Austin, we had less than two weeks to start this month. I mean, this is nuts. It's the perfect storm of so many factors. And so I would say I've watched the news in a new and different way, watched the news about the Suez Canal and thought, oh no, what is on that ship? <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> impact construction here in Texas because as interesting, you know, it's kind of far flung as that sounds, I actually believe, I believe that probably will have an impact. And so um, I think it's impacting those of us who study the industry from the big, the big front. It's really, um, we're looking at uh, pent-up demand versus a bubble, um, which one of those things is going to end up being the fact. Um, we're looking at um, housing as a luxury good. Um, is that where we're going? Is housing as a luxury good? And um, how do we combat that in such a way that it um, benefits the economy? Um, looking at interest rates and all the new interesting conversation about negative interest rates in Europe and the impact that's having on housing. Um, there's just a lot of interesting topics right now that I think are coming together to create this inventory shortage. And let's back up and kind of look at this from the 30,000 foot view here. We have bidding wars going on. There are houses going for above asking price. People are sending letters saying yeah. why they want your house. Um, why give us an idea of why texas is so hot what how did we become the san francisco or the washington dc right and so number one i think we've done a great job of job creation with cb richard ellis just put out a wonderful tech talent report that they do annually and it shows austin and dfw both in the top 10 of tech talent so that's jobs held jobs created and degrees given. So so we're doing some of those things right. We're being forward thinking as a state um, and doing some of those things right. What's interesting is they say that all the stats point to twice as many people moving into Texas from California as moved from, Cal from Texas to California. So when those people come, they come with high, ex high price tolerance. They come with equity they come with an ability to pay those higher prices. Mm. And we've been seeing the prices go up year over year here in Texas. All of the major markets have gone up by double digits once again. Yep. Uh, so, Anne, we do get to that point where we say, well, I mean, are we in a situation where we are nearing a bubble? You know, you said the B word there. Are we nearing a bubble in Texas or in some of the markets of Texas? 
So I definitely uh, believe there has been some emotional pandemic buying, uh, people just wanting to move ahead. I'm going to tell you that I am an optimist and I don't believe it's a bubble when we can see if low interest rates remain. So this is a key, a key factor. If low interest rates remain, I believe prices still have growth opportunity. The other thing that I think is interesting is just the impact of interest rates. That's the single most important thing. And this is yolitics and interest rates are, you know, I was thinking about what should I talk about? And I'd say um, interest rates are definitely political, right? They are impacted by policy and strategy from a federal and a state level. And so watching those interest rates, it was interesting to me that the Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, all of those had those negative interest rate articles just in the last two or three days. And people think, how could that possibly happen? And yet, um, if we're going to continue to have, you know, rising prices, if this is the facts, if the supply is, you know, in the freeze, people are having to redo their homes and the cost of redoing their homes is costing a whole lot more than they anticipated than their homeowner's insurance. And I mean, if homes are actually, if home ownership is going to get more expensive, what do we have to do to interest rates to keep it affordable? And I mm. think that whole, y'all are y'all ticks people, that whole negative interest rate conversation or how low can it go? You can play limbo and mm. do a little investigating on what that really means because people's first reaction is what no and yet when you really study it you pay down your principal and the bank pays you every month to use your money you have the degree in economics do you think that that is actually possible here in the u.s so not on 30-year mortgages right there are only um, there are only three countries in the world with 30-year mortgages the united states israel and denmark and that has been a big contributor to creating our middle class here, the 30-year fixed mortgage. Um, and when you really step back and think about a thir- someone loans you money for 30 years on a fixed rate, it's kind of a crazy product. And yet we here in the United States take it very much for granted. I do not believe it'll be possible in that vehicle, but do I believe there will be vehicles that come on with that negative interest rate? I do. I absolutely do. And that would be politically driven so that we can address the fact that house uh, home home prices are spiraling out of control and a lot of people can't afford them. That's right. And how much of this crazy market is being fueled by the uh, by the pandemic, the low interest rates and people wanting an extra bedroom so they can set up a home office? Well, I think it absolutely is. I think that and the super low interest rates are the two driving factors. It's emotional. It feels emotional. Um to have your own place. How are realtors handling this? Because I know uh, that I've dealt with realtors in the past and I've even said to them, like, if you want to drop me, I totally understand because it gets emotional and you're trying to, you know, get to, you know, as many properties as you can and you might be missing out one after the other after the other. And I mean, these realtors have to be talking their clients off the ledge over and over and over again because they keep on losing in these bidding But, but to be fair, Ann, we, we've been trying to drop Jason for a while and we can't do that either. So I, I understand where the realtors are coming from, but go ahead. Jeez. Well, they are constantly having to fight off just exhaustion and maybe even a little depression with Hmm. buying a home should be so exciting and so fun and so happy and um, I think it's a little bit of a beat down right now just the process of 
hurrying, looking around in a yard. You can walk up to a home and there's a long line of people waiting to see it. And so that's a little, I think it's just disconcerting for a buyer. Like, oh shoot, this fun process that we were gonna go through <laughs> suddenly feels frantic and less like I'm in control. So to me, that's what you're looking for in an agent is an agent that can give you some power back, some feeling of control. Mm -hmm. Cause there are some things you can do as a buyer. And last weekend, my wife and I sat on the front porch and we watched as our neighbor uh, put their house on the market. And on day one, we were sitting out here and they had car after car. Normally, I think there are hour long showings. I believe you probably know the industry standard on that. Um, But these were half hour showings because there was so much interest. And it was one set of clients and realtor butting up against another set. And at the end of the day, they had three offers over asking price. That's stunning to me. But my question is, how long does this last and is this sustainable? Well, if I knew that, I'd be way more valuable than I am. um, So new construction is a part of our inventory that is actually bringing some level of concern at this time. Because of the supply shortages in lumber, the cost of lumber, Um, I mentioned earlier making offers on homes that you haven't yet toured. Well, that's completely what you're doing in new construction. So specifically with building new homes, the concern becomes that the builders who are good people, right? Many, most of us know people who work for builders and developers, but the uh, strict housing demand, just the rush, the, the feeling of frantic that our buyers have is putting them in a situation of signing a contract with a builder And many of them, they're not state promulgated forms, they're builder friendly forms. And we know that that's always been kind of the truth in real estate. But at this point, some of them are not even guaranteeing the final sales price. And I'm not sure when you go and sit down with a builder and they've given you chocolate chip cookies and you know, whatever, I'm not sure that that we're really thinking about how to best protect ourselves. And I understand why they're doing it. It's not that it's not a legitimate concern. They don't know how much lumber is going to be. They don't know how much the bathtub's going to be, the windows, the insulation. That there's missing information. But you've signed on saying that you're going to pay for this, and you don't know either. It's it has created quite a situation, and I'm just being very honest about that. I'm not blaming. I'm just it's just the facts of our very unique housing market are are putting everyone in in a little bit of. Um, peril, whether, I don't believe there's anybody out there trying to treat consumers poorly, but it is a, a little bit of a danger zone that I, in my years in the industry, have not seen really less protection for consumers than I do right now in that particular area. Uh, you know, I, I talked with you a while back and, and I asked you then if you thought that we were already in a housing bubble here in Texas. And you brought up a term that I hadn't heard before. You said, no, we are not. We, I think that we are actually under housed. Yes. Uh, talk a little bit about that. So um, as you look, it's really a numbers game. So as you look at numbers, um, home ownership and the percent of people that own a home are an interesting step, but in truth, every household needs shelter. So um, whether they own it or rent it, someone's going to own it. (laughs) So we really have a shelter shortage that um, multifamily uh, is coming on strong build wise, but multifamily is also experiencing this supply shortage. 
and is also experiencing delays in their completion date. And so particularly in Texas where population growth, um, our addition of rooftops, be that multifamily or whatever that is, our addition of rooftops is not keeping up with our addition of households, of families. Mm -hmm. It's just not. Mm -hmm. you, if you look at the numbers, we're falling short every year. And we've really never caught up. It's been an interesting housing recovery. If you really study the industry in 2008, 2009, um, new construction just fell way off. Um, builders went bankrupt. It was a very difficult time. Construction fell way off. We have never gone back to those levels of construction again, never. And yet we've continued to have growth in our population here in Texas. And so it, it's really, it's been building. It's a snowball effect. And now you add the supply chain shortages that every builder will tell you is serious for them and the increased cost of lumber. Um, and it's, it's not sudden, right? The saying is slowly then suddenly, and I would say we're experiencing that in our shelter shortage here in Texas. Well, why haven't we caught up though in the last 12 years? That's I mean, a decade, you'd think we'd have plenty of time. You would think so. Um, I, I think that builders were, and I'm speaking for them, So, but I know a lot of builders and developers, and I think there's there was just a very large fear factor. They mm. had so many existing homes that they could not sell, that now they really don't want those where you walk through three or four completed homes and pick the one you want. They, they don't want that kind of inventory. They really, mm -hmm. uh, prior to kind of the new construction situation that we're in now, they liked selling it and then building it for you. That was much safer for them. Actually, right now that's causing problems, right? Because what is the price going to be when we arrive at completion? Mm. Well, that's very difficult to determine right now. I am curious, though, that you mentioned luxury item that houses owning a house may become just, you know, uh, for a, a set few, uh, relatively speaking. It's really interesting to look at 2020. Home sales were up about right under 10 percent in the state of Texas, 2020 over 2019. Homes over a million dollars were up almost 25 percent, 2020 hmm. over 2019. So we know that luxury homes are becoming a more a larger part of the segment of the market. And so just looking at um, the transient nature of people today, and so that may impact home ownership long-term, that may make renting more uh, desirable. And then just affor affordability, you do wonder with super low interest rates, affordability is not being impacted the way the pricing may make it seem like it should. Uh, mm -hmm. The low interest rate is helping, but at some point you certainly worry about affordability and will it become more of a luxury good? And well, and driving driving that up too, we've got the investors, Anne. And, you know, Jason was talking about sitting out there on his porch watching people come and go from that home. One of those people who came and went could have been one of these investors who shows up cash in hand, ready to let's do this. And that's happening a lot. It is happening a lot. And it's really interesting that cash offers are very desirable because we have an appraisal problem. When prices go up so fast and furious, then we have an appraisal problem. Some of our sellers, um, when you use owner-occupied financing as a buyer, the seller can only stay in the home 60 days, really 59. They have to be out on the 60th day. Well, if I'm a cash buyer, I don't have that problem. So I can let the seller stay longer in the home 
which is very desirable to a seller. And yet I, as an investor, still have attained the asset. I've still gained mm-hmm. that asset for my portfolios. So it is our market is creating a, a marketplace where those cash offers from investors are very desirable for our sellers. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and you've done this for a couple of years. You, you've seen a couple of things. Um, are, are you excited or concerned about where we are right now with the Texas real estate market? So a little of both, but I'm going to come down on the side of excited. Um, I think there is going to be a great deal of innovation that's going to happen. And part of it is in our mindset. This thought of um, I'm going to sell my home, but the only people that are going to come in are going to be the people that we've already negotiated a price. We've already uh, decided that they're financially qualified. Um, some of that, I think, actually serves the public well. That's that's a good feeling. So what you watched in your neighbor, Jason, with the parade of people through, maybe that won't be necessary. And maybe that's just a wonderful thing. Um, I think 3D technology, um, I don't know if either of you have ever used an mm-hmm. Oculus, but you put it on and you can tour a, a castle or, you know, what if that's the future of real estate? What if we're touring homes that way? Um, so when you ask me if I'm afraid or excited, I say, oh, I'm excited. There's a lot of things that can come. I am very concerned about affordability and that statement of housing becoming a luxury good. Now, if that happens because people are transient, people are satisfied there, um, we're working remotely, we can move around because we're working remotely, we can you know, live in all four corners of the universe and still do our job, that would be a good outcome but I worry about it if it's affordability that stands in the way of people owning a home, then that's economically quite negative. You know, go back, going back to the future comment there uh, for just a moment, you think, though, that these virtual showings that have become so popular during the pandemic, that that's going to stick around, that's going to stay after this is all said and done? I do. I think that that is, um, as we emerge, we've all had a, a year-long experience, right? It may be even a trauma, varying levels of trauma. And so the concept of let me just open up my home and everybody stroll through it, I'm not sure we go back to that place. And part of our housing shortage, remember, we have evidence that people are not selling their home. <laughs> the evidence is strong that people are not selling their home. And so what what does real estate as an industry need to do to make that more palatable for people, to make the experience a little easier for people? That's part of creating supply is making sure that our technology keeps up with what sellers actually find acceptable. Um, last thing I want to hit on with you here is there's a lot of things that buyers can do, even though this is clearly a seller's market on steroids here in this state right now. But, you know, a buyer can, you know, waive contingencies and that sort of thing. But we have talked before, and if you could just kind of run down a few things here, people are getting creative, too, uh, and trying to find a way to say, OK, well, you've maxed me out money wise. Uh, let me be creative here to be competitive. That's exactly right. So we're seeing people. Um, I mentioned the seller lease back. That's very appealing. We're seeing people let, just tell the seller, take what you want and leave everything else and I'll handle it. Um, Like leave your trash. Leave your trash. Leave your junk. Don't go through everything in your closet. Um, Wow. Just leave it there and I and the buyer will handle it. We're actually seeing that becoming very popular because, again, the appraisal issue pops up. So, something other than price. So I would tell buyers cater to the seller. 
Um, do you want to pay for their dog to be kenneled for a week? Or do you want to pay for their move? Um, <laughs> we're seeing all kinds of creative things that aren't right. And so, and there's no reason that isn't okay, right? There's no law that says that that's not okay. It's okay to cater to the seller. You even had the pizza guy. Yeah, that's right. We had the buyer that owned a pizza restaurant, and he offered pizza for a year, and the seller said, well, yeah, I like that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Who wait, passes I, that Wait, up? wait, wait. Yeah. I missed this. Wait, say that again? So, Some guy owned a pizza restaurant wanted to buy a house? Right. And so he offered the seller. The seller was moving locally. He offered the seller pizza for a year, and his bid won. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's great. Because who turns that down? <laughs> you know? Wow. That is great. Um, and thank you for taking the time. Again, I know that uh, the end of a month is especially busy in your industry. And as you crunch those uh, enormous numbers that just keep on coming in, and hopefully, I don't know what we look like as we go through the rest of what they call the season, which usually runs from about spring break through July. Uh, it started much earlier this time around, and I'm just curious to see what we're going to look like price-wise and inventory-wise as we get into the thick of it here early in summer. Absolutely. The second quarter, so uh, we'll get Q1 stats, and then the second quarter is going to be fascinating. Which wins, you know, uh, pent-up demand or prices get too high? It's going to be really a test of our housing market effort. Did you see me squeeze in another question there even after I had said I was done and thanked you and everything? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> and good stuff. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. So she mentioned how, you know, COVID is going to change everything, how this, uh, this surge in prices and this lack of inventory is going to change everything. She mentioned virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Do you have an Oculus, Jason? One of these I don't, headsets? but I, I don't, but I have worn one. To, in fact, to go through a property, not one that I was buying. It was as part of a story that I was doing, and it is an interesting way to check out a place. Wow, my my, I mentioned my neighbor in, in that interview. There, um, they are moving to the Northeast uh, for a job up there, mm-hmm. and the demand is through the roof there. And and she mentioned that one thing they're doing in the Northeast is. They are uh, doing walkthrough inspections. They don't even have time for inspections anymore because Come people on. are coming with cash offers and you know wanting to close immediately, et cetera, multiple offers. So they're doing walkthrough inspections. I'm like, how does this work, walkthrough inspections? Well, you get 90 minutes inside the property and the inspector will walk with you even if you want to do an inspection. People are buying without doing inspections at these prices. My wife was making a joke that, yeah, you know, probably the, the termites are probably hold hands hoping that wall doesn't break. You know, that's insane. You don't know what you're buying. It is. I'm, I'm sorry. When you're putting down that kind of money, uh, I, you, you got to have it looked at. But I mean, you know, like Ann was saying, there, you know, some people are building homes right now and signing an agreement saying that, yeah, I'll buy this home, uh, even though we haven't filled in yet what the price is going to be. I mean, shall I just hand you a check out of my checkbook and uh, fill it all out except for the price? and you just go ahead and put whatever you want on my blank check. I mean, I don't know. In places, it seems like the cart's in front of the horse. And and I want to see what's in those containers on that ever, was it ever given ship? Yeah. They just just broke free in the Suez Canal the other day? Yeah, but not only that ship, but all the ships that are uh, stacked up behind it. And, you know, a lot of these are going to Europe, but, you know, we know how the, the global thing works now. 
yeah, some parts are going to Europe. They're going to be a little bit assembled there, and then they're put on another ship over to the United States. So Anne is totally right. Maybe there's some components for, you know, a home there. Maybe there's a couple of bathtubs on that ship that, you know, they're waiting mm. for here in Texas. It all is interconnected. And, uh, boy, it's just been crazy these past 12 months. And who knows? Like Anne said, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with real estate here in these next couple of months in Texas when it's usually at its hottest. I asked Anne if she was excited or concerned. She said a little bit of both. I think I'm a little bit of both, too, but I'm probably on a little more concerned yeah. side with these prices and with people beating each other with umbrellas on the sidewalks. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I don't know how it ends up, man. I'm glad that I'm not selling right now, and I'm really glad that I'm not buying. And if you are in that boat, uh, you know, condolences a little bit because I know it's got to be horribly frustrating. Keep your patience. Keep your umbrella in the car. Don't get it out. Don't fight over this. It's not worth that. Uh, we hope that this has helped to enlighten if you are going through this process. Leave us comments. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to it. Send this out, by the way, to anybody you know who's looking for a home right, right now because they need to hear these particulars uh, and uh, make your friends and family listen as well because uh, it's good for us all to be educated about these things. Uh, thanks as always, everybody, for listening. We will have another episode for you next Tuesday, maybe even before then, uh, if uh, events dictate.